Welcome back to Be Great with Nate. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about overcoming and healing the root chakra. Do you feel like you're stuck in survival mode? Are you always stressed and worn down? Is it hard for you to relax without worry? Are you always tired? Does it always seem like you never have time to work on yourself or do what you want to do? Anytime you look at your bank account, you wonder... Where did the money go? If this sounds like you, it's important to listen to this episode. We will review how to balance our root chakra and overcome stress, fear, and disorganization. You're going to notice a lot of times when someone is having a dysfunctional root chakra, disorganization is going to be a big one. Fear, working out of fear, anxiety, always stressed. I like to call it stuck in fight or flight. These are things that you'll see in people that struggle with the root chakra as far as a dysfunction. So, Today, we're going to be going through on how to heal and overcome and balance out the root chakra using the five layers of energy to ensure we have full control of our healing. So if you haven't, I've made a podcast about the five layers of energy. You can listen to after this. You'll get it as I go through because I'm going to break down each step on overcoming a dysfunctional root chakra. So you'll be able to go back and listen to the five layers of energy, but I'm going to be breaking it down in this podcast as well. I will bring you through how this state of mind and problems developed. So where did this come from? Where did this state of being come from? And a lot of times it comes from either a chemical or hormonal reaction that you're going through that's messing with the psychic energy or your, your, your way of thinking, your consciousness, or it can be coming from subconscious paradigms of your childhood, which we'll be going through. Okay. And I would also show you how it shows up today, followed by three main steps to take action today to fully heal and create a functional balanced root chakra. You see, when you have a balanced root chakra, you become mother earth archetype. You become someone who's connected. You become someone who's grounded. You become someone who's in tune with their nutrition, their movement, their breathing, their thinking. When we're actually not functional and we have a dysfunction, we can fall more into the victim archetype. And you see the victim archetype is an archetype that you're pointing the finger or you're blaming other people for why you're not succeeding. You're not taking personal responsibility. And a lot of us, I say us because one of my main childhood dysfunctions created a root chakra dysfunction. So I have to be very careful how I balance myself today. What you'll notice is most spiritual coaches, nutrition coaches, health coaches, yoga instructors, and even personal trainers and you know a lot of people who are into health fitness spirituality and self-development usually have a really troubling childhood trauma or troubling upbringing or troubling experience as they grew up which then got them to want to learn on how to actually heal why is that because you get in tune at a young age of knowing it's like the polarity of the consciousness of safety and security and, and feeling sick or not feeling safe so what happens is on your hero's journey, your call to action to overcome this feeling, overcome these troubles. And when you are, are taking the steps to overcome it, you start to learn on what works and what doesn't work. And then you start developing a passion to help other people do the same. So you try to find a position or some type of job that or coaching position to be able to teach other people. So let's go over how it shows up today. So the five layers of energy, we're going to go first through the subconscious. So how's it showing up subconsciously today? So in order for us to balance our root chakra, we must understand how these developed dysfunctions actually occur with the root chakra and how they can start with our childhood. The first step to learn why you're in a state of survival mode, I like to call it survival mode, stuck in fight or flight, stress, puts the brain in reptilian brain, which is only cares about three things, safety, security, substance, 
procreation. The first step to learn why you're in a state of survival mode and become aware of it. This will help you get clear on how to heal. So the first place we have to look is learning more about the state and mind your mother was in when she was pregnant. That matters. Was mom worried, stressed, tired, or was she happy, relaxed, and nourishing? If your mother was in a state of nourishment, you would experience a safe and warm place as your first real home. When your mother was pregnant with you, that's your first real home. But if your mother was stressed, if your mother was going through trauma herself, if your mother was in fight or flight, if your mother felt didn't feel safe, you're feeling that too. In this state right here, you can look at it in many different ways. Number one, let's just say your mother had a great diet and your mother's gene, your, your mom took care of her, her lifestyle. The chances of you developing a taste buds and life, I mean, in the subconscious of wanting to eat well when you're young is going to be pretty high. Let's just say your mother was eating junk food all day, craving a bunch of uh, crazy things, never ate real food. When you're a child, the chances of you not liking real food is going to be very high as well. So whatever your mother's going through when she's pregnant with you, you're going to be going through too. That goes through hormones, that goes through nutrition, that goes through emotions, that goes through the subconscious. So as you can see, whatever, if, if you have, if your mother had issues when she was pregnant with you, then you have to start creating empathy and compassion for yourself to understand where it came from first. Instead of beating yourself up, instead of thinking that, you know, you need to take 20,000 courses or you need to do things that are uh, overnight success stories or, or fixes, what we must do first is figure out why am I like this? Okay. And then you'll see when we go through later in this podcast, when I bring you through the three main steps to take that I see have work majority of the time with my clients, when they take action on it, it's going to be very helpful. So everything I bring you through on why it's showing up and what's going on, I am going to be following up with three things you can do that is a, it, it takes care of a lot of the root causes. From one to eight, we're going through the consciousness of safety and security. If you experience more fear and worry, you develop a subconscious mind with fear and anxiety when it comes to safety and security. So your subconscious mind is where all your beliefs, paradigms, and habits reside, meaning it will show up today when it comes to money, safety for self, family, property, and imbalances with tribe, with your family and friends. So when you're a child, if it developed at that young age, so let's just say mom was good and everything was good, or she wasn't. The next step we have to look at subconsciously from one to eight years old, what happened from one to eight? So let's just say mom um, and dad used to always argue in front of you or you used to always move or you went through a lot of abuse or you were so broke and you only heard mom and dad or whoever raised you argue about money or stress about finances. These right here, my friend, are giving you a subconscious paradigm of safety and security issues. So for example, when I was a kid, Man, we were, I was living with both of my grandmothers, aunt, uh, I was staying in hotels with my dad. I never had a real bedroom. I was always moving around or sharing bedrooms with cousins. So as I got older, I started, it, it showed up today. It was hard for me to relax because I was prepared for something to go wrong. So if I had an apartment, I was prepared for, to be evicted. Even though I had the money to pay my rent and I never missed the rent, I was just always wanted to be prepared. It was hard for me to relax. Because I wanted to guarantee safety and security. So that's one way it can show up today. It can show up with issues with family as far as being protective. If you're a parent, 
Um, it's going to be hard for you to trust your kid going to other parents, I mean, other, other kids' houses. You're going to be afraid or you're going to be a little hesitant when you see teachers do a certain thing. When you drop your kid off and your teacher said something a certain way, it's going to be really concerning. So any threat to your family is going to be really, really, um, you're going to notice that you're going to be really ready, um, adrenaline, hyper-stimulated to take care of any situation to protect your children or your family. Property. Uh, one of the bad habits I have is anytime I come out the supermarket, I do a circle around my car to see if somebody hit it. <laughs> I don't know why. I know why now, but it's just a habit I have because I want to make sure that everything is safe. When I leave my home, I actually got a, a protecting a protection dog to protect my house when I'm not home. That's how much, but these are the things I need to do for me personally because when I was a kid growing up, the cops used to kick down my doors. People used to come in robless. The SWAT team kicked down my doors one time, put guns on my head like four or five times. So I have a protection dog that is on alert for things like that so I can get a warning because if I'm watching TV, I can't listen to TV. I'm usually 50% watching TV, 50% listening out just in case someone's trying to rob me. So, and that affected my sleep. That affected a lot of things. So I got a protection dog. For me personally, uh, I got a Kane Corso. For me personally, just so I can feel a little more safe. Even if I'm safe already, it just confirms that. So there's going to be things that you may do to confirm or you need to confirm that everything's okay if you have deep trauma like I do. Then when it comes down to family and friends, trusting issues and forgiving people are going to maybe tough for you. So when it comes down to trusting people, like if you meet new people, you're going to be looking for what's wrong with them more than what they're good at or what's good about them. Things may seem too good to be true. Number two, when it comes down to family, if someone portrays you, family or friends, you're going to be pretty good at not going back or forgiving and keeping that on you for a long time. There's certain parts where you can forgive people and keep them at a distance but sometimes you, like a parent or a close relative, we have to be very careful on how we hold these grudges because one thing that I tell my family and friends all the time when they hold grudges against other family and friend members, especially close um, family members like your parents and your sister and brother, people die every day. People die every day. So if people die every day, you don't want to have to live your life as someone who could have forgive somebody for something that we call petty or something that may be simple now you have to live the rest of your life of regretting that you couldn't actually spend that time with them, especially our parents. You know, our parents, my mother was very abusive to me my whole life. My mother was uh, extremely abusive. She used to beat me and my brothers. She used to lock us out the house where she didn't feed us. She used to, um, she used to beat, um, she used to get high in the house in front of us. She used to have crackheads in my house when we did have a house. She used to take the food stamps card, which is from the government. They used to give you money to buy food. She used to take that money on the first of the month, and she'll disappear and won't come back until like the second or third week of the month with no money, leaving us hungry. So me and my brothers used to have to figure out, we used to have to take extra food from school, like the little milk cartons and little peanut butter and jelly sandwiches they gave you, and that's how we survived. But today, I forgave her. I, I, I give her love, and I spend time with her, and when she needs something, I'm there. Because my mom has a bad drug addiction and mental health problems where she can pass away any day. But if she were to pass away, I can live with myself because I learned how to forgive her. And if you get really, really deep on this, what you'll notice is the people that give you the most problems, especially close relatives, I like to call them immature souls. And what I mean by that is they're usually people that kind of here for the first time or so. They're not, they're a child in, a, in adult 
body. So you may be here to teach them on what it's like to be a good soul or a developed soul or how to be a human being. That's, that's, the, that's what I felt with my mother. What you'll notice is you'll start becoming the parent to your parents. You'll start to become the big brother to your big brother. You see what I'm saying? So it, t- it has to take one of you to overcome this paradigm to become the mature person to be able to create healing and forgiveness. Because if everybody's good at ignoring the situation, if everybody's good at um, not forgiving, then where's that going to get you and your family and your DNA in the next couple generations? It's only going to harm you guys. So learn how to forgive people that are really close to you. And I get it. Sometimes you can forgive people and keep them at a distance, but it's, you never know what can happen. If you can relate to anything I mentioned so far, start to have empathy for yourself. So if you can say, yeah, you know what? Mom was having issues with being pregnant. You know what? My childhood was crazy. You know what? I do stress with safety and security. So before we start judging you and you judge yourself, we became aware. And after we become aware, we, we can create empathy and compassion for ourselves, right? Look how far you've come with all this, you, you know, these things that you're unaware about that was affecting you. Now just start off having empathy and compassion for yourself. Your stress and worry was something you developed at a young age due not, to not having safety and security. The first step you need to healing is to become aware. When we go through the layers of energy, the next one that's going to be very important for overcoming the root chakra um, and balancing out your root chakra and not having a dysfunctional root chakra when it comes down to the five layers of energy is going to be your nervous system. And what I mean by your nervous system is that when people have trauma, you're going to hear me say this over and over and over again, anytime people have trauma, they're going to have a very sensitive nervous system. Um, the reason why is because when you're going through a trauma, your tra- the trauma experience increases adrenaline and cortisol. Adrenaline and cortisol is part of the sympathetic nervous system, which is known to be your fight or flight system. What happens is the more that you had to develop as a child or, or even recently, like through 2020, for an example, and right now through the recession that we're going through or the economy uh, um, uh, imbalances we're going through right now, it's going to actually put us in a position to be ready for safety and security all the time. It makes us stress. Anytime the body perceives stress, it produces safety and security, fight or flight, and fight or flight is the problem that we can have when we're too much fight or flight because when you already have trauma, you're going to have a sensitive nervous system. Or you're already stuck in the root chakra, you're going to have a sensitive nervous system. We have to be very careful when it comes to your emotions. So the emotions and nervous system are very important for this person. Because what you're going to notice is the more stressed that you are and the more fight or flight that you're in, you're going to react that way with your emotions. So you may just yell at somebody or you may say something you don't really mean. And then when you sit down later in the day, you may notice that like, yo, I should have never said that. We have to be very careful when it comes to your emotions. Since you're in a state of survival, we can make great efforts to protect our bank accounts, personal information, family, and friends. Meaning we can have imbalances with trusting people. Having an imbalance with the root chakra can make us think and say things we don't mean. The more you control your stress, the more you'll be able to control your emotions, especially when you're in a state of fight or flight. Okay, we just went over that. Nervous system, people that are too stressed or have trauma have a very sensitive nervous system. I believe this is the most important layer of energy when it comes to creating a balance with your root chakra. A person that is too stressed or has trauma will be more dominant with the fight or flight system. Trauma can keep one subconsciously stressed and stress communicates with the nervous system that produce cortisol and adrenaline, both stimulating the body into fight or flight. Cortisol and adrenaline both produce 
are produced by the adrenal glands. Okay, so this state of being, so when you're always in fight or flight, your nervous system, then your organ has to respond to produce cortisol and adrenaline. This state of uh, being brings us into survival consciousness. So high adrenaline levels are known to cause a numbing effect on the body. I often find clients with high levels of stress never notice their back pain or the depressed mood and financial spending habits. So there's a neuroscientist called Paul McLean who showed that we have three brains. Our brain is made up of three layers. You have the reptilian brain that cares about safety, security, substance, and sex. Then you have the emotional brain, which is love and emotion, which is also connected and known as the limbic system. And then you have the neocortex, which is the intellectual part of the brain. This is a part of the brain when you come up with your new ideas, when you take action on your new things, thinking about how to you know, thinking about what you say, your words, your deeds, and your creativity. This is very important. This part of the brain is very important. You're going to see why later on this podcast, because this is part of the brain that we have to use to be able to become the new version of ourselves because the reptilian brain loves safety and security, right? Which means it's going to love routine. So you're going to do the same thing that brought safety and security yesterday, last week, last year. You're going to most likely repeat that today because that guarantees safety and security and that satisfies the reptilian brain. The reptilian brain feeds off eating, Fighting, fleeing, and sex. Notable behavior patterns include defense of self, family, and personal property. We spoke about that already. Physical communication, but this is a big one. Socially approved actions and spending money that we don't have on cars, designer clothes, and other materialistic things. What happens is the more that we create an issue here, the more likely we're going to have an imbalance with money. But specifically, we want to fit in. We're going to want to fit in to somewhere. So we'll buy that one car so we can feel like we're socially approved. Or we'll buy that Louis bag because we want to feel like we're socially approved. Or we're looking for ways to be seen and feel like we're a part of something. And this is where you have to start being very aware of the isms. We learned this in school. Isms, the more that a person wants to be stuck to an ism, the more likely they have an imbalance with safety and security and most likely had issues with childhood trauma because for the first time they found the community that supports them and they support. We can find this in a ghetto in the hood, right? When I grew up, a lot of us uh, wanted to be a part of gangs for that, right? I never wanted to because I never felt the need to. But uh, my best friends, every friend that I grew up with was a part of a major gang in New Jersey. So what I'm saying to you is we looked for ways to be socially approved and also ranked, so yeah, I want I make this much money, I'm here. Or I got this job, so I'm better than than this person. And it's a subconscious behavior. So don't be too hard on yourself if that's you. And if you know someone like that, start to have awareness on why they're like that. So since fight or flight increases survival instincts, we find ourselves stressing about money, bills, and being safe. During this state, our psychic energy is rooted to survival and little is available for anything else. So the more stressed that you are, the more in the reptilian brain you are, the more likely you're not going to be that motion. You're not going to be really that emotional in relationships and spending present moments with your partner and your kids and your family. When you're hanging out with them, you're going to be thinking about like something else like work or you're going to be stuck on your phone trying to do research on something. So during this state, it's very important to understand why we're here. And then if we can control the three things I'm going to show you later, we control those three things, then what that would do is that will put us more in a state of less fight or, I mean, in a reptilian brain, then we'll get you less in fight or flight. And then we put everything together that takes care of all five layers of energy. When our survival is threatened, like things like your job laying people off, 
bills increasing, betrayal from a lover, family member, or friend, this elevates the stress hormones even higher, leaving the body and mind stimulated and ready for fight or flight. This disconnects us from our bodies, making us numb to our feelings, thoughts, and pain. The more numb we become, the more compulsive we become. The reason, the more numb that you become, the more you're gonna buy things and do things to feel a part of something because you're, you can't feel anything naturally. We try our best to find a connection with ourselves again. This leads to a quick fix where we try to buy weight loss supplements or hire therapists and coaches to fix us. If we're looking for social connection, we find ourselves buying those materialistic things to have social status. The more disconnected you are from your body, the more money you will compulsively spend leading you to energy debt. And energy debt is something I'll be bringing up later in, in, in my podcast episodes. But basically, it's when someone has no time, they're always tired, and, and they have money issues. Remember, stress needs energy. And the more stress you have, the more energy debt you create. So the more stressed you are, the more you're going to need to support that stress with money, your energy, and your time. And that's what pulls you away from your dream, your purpose, your desires, the things that you want to do and the things you want. So the higher the energy debt, the more likely you will struggle with addictions to help escape or numb yourself with food, drugs, or compulsive activities. The more stress and energy debt we have, the more we work from a survival impulse. This drives our reptilian brain to look for safety and security. When we have our safety met, which is usually finishing work or feeling like we succeeded at something that secures safety, we then subconsciously go to the next stage of the reptilian brain, which is feeding. Since this person has energy debt, they don't make the best choices regarding eating. Instead of having the energy to cook a healthy meal, they end up eating unhealthy food and snacks, leaving them hungry and tired and increasing their chances of overeating. As you can see, you can't heal from this with the mind alone. We need to heal the mind, body, and emotions holistically. Then the last step is your legs, feet, and the muscles around your hips are going to be the sections of the body that will bring you the problems like tightness, cramps, and injury. This is the problem. This, this, the legs are rooted into the earth. It's rooted into the ground. So the more problems that you have with safety and security, the more that the muscular system of your feet, calves, hamstrings, quads are going to start showing up as issues and you'll start having injuries. Your feet, you'll start having issues with your feet. Either you have like flat feet or your feet. What I've learned is that your feet kind of grip into the ground. So you'll start having foot cramps because you're trying to root yourself into the ground for safety and security. So those are things to be aware of. So start rolling out your quads, start stretching out your calves, start getting, when you do get massages, have them focus on your leg area a little more if this is you. Now, the first step to overcoming this and healing and balancing out your root chakra is very, very important. First thing we need to do is ensure safety and security. Since the reptilian brain's first priorities are safety and security, we will focus on ensuring you are safe first. This is very important. We have to get clear on how much money we need to survive. How much money do you have going out of your bank account a month? How much money do you have coming in your bank account a month? How much money do you have after subtracting your expenses from your monthly income? I often find clients who are too stressed avoid opening their bank accounts. But if you want to reduce stress, it's very important to know these numbers. Most people are stuck in energy debt mentioned earlier in this podcast because they're unaware of them spending more money than they have. One of the reasons for this is the more stressed you are, the more compulsive you'll be not thinking before spending. When you spend more money than you earn, 
you will find yourself stuck in survival mode, leaving you to start the energy debt cycle all over again. If you have more money going out than coming in, sit down with a piece of paper and think about these simple steps that you can take to reduce the money going out of your bank account. I usually find takeout food, entertainment, subscriptions, taking a big chunk of money from my client's account. Reducing $300 a month is a good goal to aim for when it comes down to starting this exercise. The next step is to change your belief system about money. Money is energy. Anytime it's time to pay for something, ask yourself, is this a payment or investment? Anytime you invest in something, you can expect energy back, like good mental and physical health. For example, when you start eating whole foods to improve your health and wellness, this will be an investment. But if you're paying for junk food that will make you tired and bloated, that's a payment. Another step we can take if we need to increase the amount of money coming into our bank account is to take advantage of the new opportunities we have at our thumbs. We can find side jobs on websites and apps that help us increase our income to ensure safety and security. Since we got clear on how much money we need to survive and we need to decrease some money going out of the bank account, we can then get clear how much extra money we need. I usually find making an extra $300 a month as a good goal to start with here as well. If you think about that, that's $600 right there a month, which can is a great start. For those who have more money coming in than going out, we need to start having healthy affirmations to confirm you are safe and secure. If you were raised in a home with parents who worked really hard and struggled with finances, you can find yourself having the same stress and paradigm as your parents, even if you're making more money than they did. Your subconscious mind is wired to work hard and save money, which is a good trait, but this can also lead you to overwork and become fatigued, which will start the energy debt cycle. No time, no energy, and then stressing about money. I find myself in this situation all the time, coming from being homeless in poverty. Breaking down my bank account statements helps me affirm that I am safe. You can start by breaking down your monthly income and expenses once a month to affirm you are safe. When you do, you can take a deep breath and allow yourself to rest. You don't have to work as much as your parents did. Instead, start to take some time to think smarter with your money instead of working harder for it. The more you reduce stress, the more your mind won't be stuck in a reptilian brain, giving you the opportunity to use your neocortex, which is the intellectual part of the brain that helps with new thoughts, creation, and giving you the chance to think smarter with earning money. When we reduce your financial stress, you manage triggering the reptilian brain and reduce the steps of energy debt. The second step that we're going to focus on is the high vibe walk, baby. Meditation, exercise, and breathing are all known to help reduce stress in the body. When we experience with working with ourselves and after many times of experience of working with clients that are too stressed, I often find it difficult for them to have time for basically to, to meditate, exercise, and do breathing exercises. It's hard. They're like, I don't got time for all that. So this is what motivated me to create the high vibe walk. The high vibe walk is taking 45 to 60 minutes to go for a walk in a neighborhood that you dream of living in or a park that is peaceful near your home. And when you do this, I want you to start listening to positive music or positive podcasts while breathing into your nose and out of your mouth. There are a few benefits of doing the high vibe walk. First, we take ourselves out of our everyday environment that reminds us of responsibilities and allows us to walk in neighborhoods that we dream of living, giving us time to use imagination, which can motivate us to work on becoming 
the best version of ourselves. We're creating the new paradigm for you. Remember I told you we have to overcome that old paradigm? So I want you to find the person who's doing what you're, you want to do or doing what you're doing and you want to get better at and listen to their podcasts or listen to their audio books or their interviews and learn from them while you're doing your high vibe walk. Listen to their journey and the tips they have. Learn what mistakes they made. Wise people learn from smart people's mistakes. You will not only feel inspired, but you will learn that everyone goes through hard times and it takes time to become the new you. Sometimes the internet, like social media, can fool you into believing success comes overnight. <laughs> that ain't true. And everyone is happy. That is not true either, which can end up discouraging you from working towards your dreams and goals after failing. Try to make sure the music you choose to listen to isn't sad music. Try to listen to upbeat, positive music that uplifts and inspires you. Stress can create overwhelming emotions, energy, emotion, right? Because remember, emotions mean energy, emotion, leading you to overthink and be overwhelmed. During your walk, the body will express the emotions, energy, emotion. It will start expressing that emotion and not leaving it to depress or suppress. So you would notice your thoughts that you had that were overwhelming you start to calm down, giving you the time to break down and problem solve with the important thoughts that you have rather than a whole bunch of non-true thoughts or scary and fear that, I mean, scary thoughts and fear. This is what meditation does. Doing a high vibe walk is a form of active meditation for people like myself that have a hard time sitting and meditating. Walking is also known to reduce cortisol and help you feel grounded. So remember, cortisol is usually, uh, cortisol is a response of the adrenals. The adrenals is connected to the root chakra. So we calm that down. So we get more balanced cortisol and adrenaline. And then we ground ourselves into the earth one of the first steps to overcoming and healing and um, basically getting your root chakra back to be in balance is grounding. We focus on breathing into the nose and out the mouth on a high vibe walk to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is opposite of the sympathetic nervous system. So now we're bringing your nervous system to the other side. So we brought your mind to the other side. We brought your hormones to the other side, and we're now bringing your nervous system to the other side. And the parasympathetic nervous system is also known as a rest and digest part of the nervous system. The opposite of fight or flight, turning on the rest and digest part of the nervous system helps reduce your stress and empower relaxation. And the last step, nutrition and stress. Internal stressors will magnify your external stressors. So it's important to control your plate and get enough water based on your weight. So basically you take your weight divided by two and that's the amount of ounces that you should aim for. Since stress turns on the fight or flight, we produce adrenaline and cortisol, which then puts you in fight or flight, which can produce blood sugar through gluconeogenesis. Basically your body can spike sugar like that. So it's important throughout the day that we control our blood sugar because you'll notice that a person will go through high levels of blood sugar when they're stressed and then they'll go through something we call hypoglycemia when their blood sugar starts to drop, which creates fatigue, tiredness, shaky, um, a shakiness, anxiety, and depression um, energy or moods. So what we need to do is we need to actually manage our blood sugar because say if we're going through that as it is, what I often find clients do is they go straight for candy, bread, pastas, uh, uh, too much fruit, too much sugar that then now they experience hypo, I mean hyperglycemia uh, through too much uh, carbohydrates or too much caffeine, which then when that sugar drops, they produce cortisol and adrenaline because your body needs is trying to save you from hypoglycemia. You can't go too crazy with hypoglycemia. It turns on uh, your fight or flight. So I often find clients that are stressed. 
go through hypoglycemia, and then they make it worse by eating the carbohydrates that are high glycemic or processed carbohydrates or too much coffee, which then make them experience hypoglycemia. So they're getting two for one there when making them more out of balance with their cortisol levels, which then get their root chakra out of balance, which then gets them tired and, and, and fatigued, puts them in a reptilian brain, safety and security. So we need to manage our blood sugar. And one of the ways you can do it is low glycemic vegetables and fruits, more protein and healthier fats throughout the day. So when you are stressed, you're not experiencing hypoglycemia as bad as you were before because protein and fat slow down the digestion and stabilizes your blood sugar, okay? So that's that's very important. And then making sure we're getting enough water um, and then making sure that what I usually have clients do is go from uh, two, three cups of coffee to breaking that coffee down into espresso shots. One espresso shot's up to 60 milligrams of caffeine. One cup of coffee can be anywhere from 100 to 250 milligrams. So we save their body from experiencing too much stressful caffeine when we do that. So when you start to do that, now you have even more control of your hormones and nervous system. We have control of our, we became aware of our subconscious and we're creating the new version of ourselves by looking at someone who is doing what we're doing and we learn from them, right? And then we're grounding ourselves, we're moving our body, we're getting blood flow to pump through the nervous, I mean the uh, muscles. You heal and you can manage to balance your root chakra or all the all of these steps. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you need more information or you need more help, I have many options in the description. You can join the Be Great Winate Academy, which now we have 13 courses up, one monthly meeting a month, and you can go into the community and connect with people just like yourself in that community only for $27 a month. It's, we call that crackhead price where I'm from. It's a joke. Like, like That's like super cheap. Um, but it won't be like that. In the next, I think it's starting in May, we are not doing that price anymore. We're going to be doing annually and we're, we're going to be changing it up. So if you get in there now, you can get grandfathered in. You can get that price and stick with that price before you have to pay more in the future. And if you're someone who is willing, I mean, who needs a little more help with their health and fitness and their life and wants to change their life, I do have in the month of April... I do have a few slots that are available. So if that's something you're interested in too, you can click the link in the bio down below and it just says more info and leave a review. Those reviews that you leave are really, really helpful. They help. The more that you leave a review or just you rank the podcast, the more that the algorithm and the Apple podcast and Spotify and all these podcast platforms, they say, okay, people like this. Let's show it to more people so we can continue to grow this podcast. Thank you for being here, and I'll, in the next podcast, we're going to be going over the, the sacral chakra, chakra two. Peace.